This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Welcome. I'm Pat. He's Stu. And over there, um, Ugh. you know, for the broadcast. How you yeah. doing? <laughs> oh, God, <I> just... <laughs> you gotta love it. I am not a fan. No. no. I, I, you know, every day right? I wake up and I think, you know, maybe I can tolerate him today. And then what and happens? Every day it doesn't happen. No. The opposite yeah. happens where yeah, you, I... you'd realize you just can't. I, you know, it's like it... you think if you really dislike someone. Uh huh. There's, there, you know, you can't. There's no more hate than hate, right? Yeah, there is. Right, but there's more hate than hate. Mm-hmm. Okay, is this like is not really to you, Jeffy. I'm just saying in general. Right, there's a like a super Doppler hate. Right, like a yeah. super mega Doppler. Right, so. uh, hatred. Huh. Huh. And it's deep and it's strong and it's passionate uh-huh. and it drives you to do violent things. Sure. You know. Is that but, a threat? Uh, what? I just said it was. Ge- didn't I not say, say it was general? I you said it was general. You did not. Uh, I don't know why you're so sensitive over there. Yeah, that's what, what you are you, Mr. Paranoia? Hello. Jeez. <laughs> just because you have a most hated man on set sign behind <laughs> you does not mean I'm talking about you. <laughs> Could be anybody, mm-hmm. you know, over there. Uh, all right, uh, Gallup poll: Most Americans are more confident in Trump after the election. I would say that includes us. We've, you know, we're giving him the benefit of the doubt and kind of. Wiping the slate clean and saying, okay, yeah, prove us wrong. Two different things. Let's see it. Uh, Let's I would see say it. Um, uh, there's a difference, of course, between being more confident in somebody and giving someone a clean slate. Um, yes, yes. I would that's say true. I, you know. That is true. That's While fair. I'm very discouraged by several things he has done, uh, I am encouraged by a few things as well. And I, mm-hmm. and I was like, if he comes out being, like, there's going to be a moment potentially in the future. In which uh, the a lot of the people who voted for Donald Trump think he has become a really bad president and think and are disappointed in him, because he's only done like twenty percent of the stuff that he said he was going to do that would be good. And at that moment, I will step up and I will say he's actually doing better than I thought he would. Like <laughs> <laughs> I have such low expectations for yeah. him, he yeah. probably is exceeding them. But I mean, that's not necessarily a positive yet. Again, I, I give him a clean slate. Mm-hmm. My expectations are low going into it. But, I mean, if he does the things that, uh, that mm-hmm. are positive uh, out of his agenda, then I'm going to be happy about it. If mm-hmm. he starts doing things like, you know, the, you know his trade stances that he seems to be um, locking in and not uh, turning back on so far, mm-hmm. uh, those are going to be bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I, but he's got, our, he's got room. And I, and I honestly, I have some hope. I'm more optimistic <laughs> than I was, I guess, um, is to use the wording 
um, over him because I, I have a very low expectations. This, you know, because we're Americans, this happens pretty much every time. It happened with Clinton. It happened with Bush. I got to say, with, with Bill Clinton, it did not happen for me. I was not among the people who said, hey, I'm more, I'm more confident in Bill Clinton now than I was before. And it did not happen to me with Barack Obama. But uh, for Donald Trump, 51% of us are more confident than before the election. Less confident, 40%. No difference, uh, 9 40% of voting age Americans were less confident in Trump, far higher than the uh, 28 and 26% for Bush and Clinton, respectively. Uh, yeah, people, uh, again, this election was between two people most Americans did not like. We didn't want to vote for either of them. And, uh, you know, those who were super excited about Trump were in the major- minority. Um, but also, Rand Paul now has pledged to stop John Bolton as Secretary of State, which is kind of interesting. I I find that somewhat surprising. He said, I'll do whatever it takes to stop someone like John Bolton being Secretary of State. He's opposed to every... (laughs) He's opposed to everything Donald Trump ran on, that the Iran... uh, or that the Iraq war was a mistake, regime change made us less safe in the Middle East, including Iraq... I don't know how President Trump would appoint someone who's diametrically opposed to everything Donald Trump ran on. Some of that goes for Giuliani as well. And that's because, Rand, Donald Trump, as you knew during the primary season, is a guy with no principles at all. He doesn't have principles of, hi, you know what, I don't want to get involved in Middle Eastern entanglements. He's a guy who just says, uh, yeah, I was never for Iraq. I was never for these things. But he was. Yeah, he, At I mean, one point or another, he was. Right. I mean, he was when everyone when there was an 80 percent approval on the war. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump supported the war. Mm-hmm. Again, in passing, I don't I don't hold him to it as no, an ideological strong statement of support of the war. I mean, I don't think that's what I don't he think was he doing. has an ideologically strong standpoint right. on any of it. Yeah, I think his I don't think he cares that much. Um, I think his general reaction is is one of of uh, of, you know, I think he's an aggressive guy. I think he's a guy that in these mm-hmm. moments when he has the power of the presidency and the military behind him is going to ex- exercise that power often. Um, I, I, I think Rand is correct to be worried about uh, the way Donald Trump will use the military and the people he's appointing. I think the people and I said this during the campaign, the people who had a problem with Donald Trump because they thought he wouldn't be interested in invading countries uh, enough. He would be too isolationist with foreign policy. I do not think had to worry. I think Donald Trump, mm-hmm. in the end, is going to wind up um, erring on that side more often than he has advertised. I think with, uh, with the Iraq war, he turned on the Iraq war about the time that uh, people started souring on it in the polls. And he then became a, uh, an outspoken opponent of it. Now, he grew up in New York, and as you know, the whole New York values thing, I think, has some play. And that he probably was, his probably default position is to be against wars that other people are doing incorrectly. Yeah. Uh, but he would do it correctly in his mind, as he would do everything correctly. He would do a stimulus program correctly. He would do all the things that he promised during the campaign, um, he would do the right way. And I think that's he the would difference fund in his mind. Planned Parenthood, correctly. the right way, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. all of that. So I um, mean, that's why this. Uh, do we have this? Uh, go ahead. Yeah. No. Right. What, what were you looking for? Um, I was going to tell you about this uh, amazing story from the New York Times today, um, which is uh, Senate Democrats' surprising strategy: try to align with Trump. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah. Um, congressional Democrats divided on struggling uh, for a path to, uh, in the elect electoral wilderness are constructing an agenda mm -hmm. to align, align with many of the proposals. President-elect Donald Trump put, that put him at odds with his own party. So they're picking the stuff that they like from Trump's proposal, and they're going to come after him. So if you if you want to if you want a good Republican presidency here. You got to be defensive on this stuff. Make sure if Trump starts going down these roads and they try to attack him this way, uh, you fight it. On infrastructure spending, child tax credits, paid maternity leave, dismantling trade agreements, Democrats are working for ways that they can work with Mr. Trump and force Republican leaders to choose between their new president and their small government free market principles. I mean, is this not the thing we worried yeah, about the whole time? That's the splendor of the Trump presidency. That's the thing that we were. You know, one of many that we were concerned about because he has Democrat policies. Yeah. So, of course, the Democrats are going to be supportive of that. And, and Why the, wouldn't they be? It's a smart move. You yeah, know what? very smart. Act, propose something like, for example, there were some more examples in here, spending more on roads, bridges, rail, punishing American companies that move overseas, ending a, t a lucrative tax break for hedge funds and private private equity titans and making paid maternity leave ma mandatory. All of those things are things that he supported in the campaign and are all Democrat ideas. I mean, we mm -hmm. complained about them at the time, but this is a smart move by Democrats to say, yeah, let's pass the president's new agenda. We love it. Right. Um, and, he, and why wouldn't they love it? And Schumer even said he's more of a Democrat economically. Yes, he is. Um, uh, which, of course, Schumer is, I believe, correct on, or at least his history has been. Now, hopefully, the people around him are going to be able to move him uh, towards a conservative direction on these things. But this is the sort of time and what concerned us before the election more than anything was that people were not standing up when he would be liberal, when he would support mm -hmm. a, a trillion dollar stimulus. Nobody bothered to say anything on the right. Now, the excuse we always heard from Trump voters was, look, we need him to get president. Then we'll hold his feet to the fire. Here's your time. Hold his feet to the fire. You got to do it. You got to make sure that he's not he because he will look at this and say, I can work with Democrats. I can be a bipartisan president. I can pass all these things with the Democrats and some with the Republicans and look great. I'll be the guy that's the only sensible one in the room. And he, he, they will spend trillions of your dollars to prove that point. If you don't hold his feet to the fire, please do it. Yeah. And then we have the, uh, you know, we have Rand Paul, who's acting like he's a big supporter of, of Trump. And you got Ted Cruz uh, saying things like this. We had uh, very productive conversations, and, and I am eager to help any way eager. I can uh, in eager. delivering on the promises we made to the voters. Uh, in, in the first few months of next year, I look forward to working closely with President-elect Trump, with Vice President-elect mm -hmm. Pence, to repeal Obamacare, to confirm strong conservative Supreme Court justices and, and judges up and down the federal bench. and and to protect the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. I think this election was the American people saying we, they did not like the path we're on, and, and I'm eager to do everything I can to help change that path. Okay. All right. I mean, I don't know. I, I, on the one hand, you, you can see what he's saying there. On the other, it just bugs me because he knows who Trump is, and I know he knows who Trump is, and for him to be pandering to the Trump administration like this, uh, oh, uh, it's bothersome. I mean, he's he's president now, but and so it makes sense, and he right. needs to do this, I guess. Yeah, you need to influence it, and you need to do the best you can with the people around you, right? Yeah. I mean, and he's he's president of the United States, and I think it's Cruz's job to go in there and influence that um, effort in the most conservative way possible. Um, and I, I mm -hmm. and there's probably even I mean I'm even at that point where it's like, well. 
look, let's see what he does. Yeah, I am um, too. So uh, I guess what, yeah, I'm probably still holding the whole thing up against him that he jumped on that bandwagon, uh, you know, so late in the game, too late to to appease the Trump supporters, mm-hmm. and but just in time to piss us off. <laughs> and so he's in that no man's land of, you know, I, I don't know what to make of it anymore. Uh, meanwhile, the transition team announces a five-year lobbying ban for appointees. Again, that's it's just something that I'm, I'm not super passionate about, this whole lobbyist deal. Obama made a lot of lobbying promises to us as well. Yeah. Like, I will never hire a lobbyist. That lasted for 14 days. 14 days, that promise. And then it was over, and then he hired, like, 63 lobbyists. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's just asinine to say this kind of stuff because it's almost impossible to pull off. Yeah, and the other part about it is I, while I, I don't have any passion against these sort of limits, like, I'm not like, oh, gosh, no, lobbyists should be able to be... It's also the point of, like, I, I have this issue. That the same, it's the same way liberals complain about, like, the NRA. Well, the NRA gets all this money, and then that's why all these gun things never pass. No. People are elected, and they get to make their own votes. Mm-hmm. A lobbyist can do nothing except come to them and try to convince these people mm. to vote their way. They're called it's, lobbyists because they lobby. Because they lobby. They don't force. And lobbyists, They're lobbyists, not called forcists. Yeah, being a lobbyist. <laughs> right, exactly. And being a lobbyist is just part of free speech. Yeah, right. I mean, it is your right to go in there and try to right. now look there are all sorts of of of, of uh, issues with influence and that people go in there and uh, and they try to pitch their shtick their company their they try to you know get favors and everything else but none of it works unless the representative goes along with it and that's your problem like mm-hmm. the idea that you're going to stop people outside of government for lobbying government i mean it is basically in the constitution um, what's the word they always use? Uh, it's uh, petition, petitioning. Mm. I mean, that is essentially what lobbyists are doing in a organized, shady way. But I mean, you always have the right to go and complain and argue and convince the government. You always have the right to try to, to, to try to change what they're doing. The issue is you got to select representatives that don't get won over by that crap. So stopping the lobbyists in and of itself is. It's a nice thing because I like the idea of someone not being able to just walk out of there into a plum job because they know they have contacts. Um, and you know, but I, you know what lobbyists are like? Lobbyists are like a, a super hot girl coming up and asking a married man for sex. Well, she's super hot, and you, I mean, there's temptation there. But I don't have to have sex with her. I know I'm married to my wife. It's kind of up to me. Right. Right. I know that's a concept that Jeffy doesn't understand. But to me, it's my choice if I gave in to the lobbyist or if I cave into the hot chick. Right. And then I've I've either I've either cheated on my constituents or I've cheated on my wife. I mean, it's it's up to them. And so that's again, I think that's the reason for both of us not to be super passionate about that. Jeffy. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still trying to get over. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have sex with the super hot chick. I, I'm still. I, I'm amazed that someone actually could think that. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, yeah. I mean, I. I uh, exactly. I, I think, and that's the, the case with, with. It's always up to the voters, right? I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I think. You know, you can you try to you try to limit power as much as possible from. You know, it's the drain the swamp thing, which I. Generally speaking, agree with. I, I'm fine with them doing these limitations. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. I just fine. It, to me, it's it's a little bit of 
roll your eye pandering to, uh, hey, we're going to get the, we're going to clean this city up. Uh, Drain the swab. It's like if he were to say, you know what, we're, I, let's say, like, if, for example, he were to say, I'm only going to take one dollar of salary. It's like, okay, I mean, that's a nice gesture. Uh, you know, it, you know, saving the country $399,999 a year is, okay, uh, yes, hey, we should do that. We should, we should Did do he that. say a dollar? Is that what he said? said? A dollar. I'll take a, Why I, is he going to take a he dollar? Said, he said he believes legally he has yeah. to take a dollar. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he said. Uh, legally, I think I have to take one dollar, but I'll, I'll work for one dollar. I don't want the money. And like, you know, I like the attitude. I like the gesture. Same mm-hmm. thing with the lobbyists. I like the attitude. I like the gesture. I don't think it's going to have any giant gesture impact that on hasn't society. been done since Washington. I think. I, I think he was the last one to, to not take his salary. Yeah, uh, he's also the. I mean, probably the richest president before Trump too. Yes. Um, so right. uh, you know, I mean, uh, like, you know, when you adjust for inflation, usually really those those uh, those lists include uh, George Washington at the tippy top. Yeah, number one. He was worth <clears throat> adjusted for inflation. I think something like seven hundred twenty-five million dollars. All right. So, so a I lot mean, of money. He's by far. And like I, but I also would not have criticized Trump if he took the salary and for right. the job that whatever. He, he, I, I mean, mean, that's I what it pays. So right. Whatever. But it's not like a big deal either way. And I think that the same thing is going to go on with these lobbyists uh, with the lobbyist sort of stuff it's it's not going to really change things i don't think however it's a good step and a nice mm-hmm. gesture mm-hmm. all right uh you know there could be some changes on the horizon it does feel a lot of times like something's brewing whether it's economic or terror wise uh who knows yeah, who knows and, and that's the thing you don't need to figure out what's going to happen in the future you need to prepare for it you know, the right. whole point of the pr- future being unpredictable, for example, I don't know, having a reality show host as president, you know, can't see everything coming. I think we've all learned mm. that uh, y- you wind up looking into the future. You try to make predictions and, uh, and it's really hard. So instead, just prepare mm. for whatever may come with uh, my Patriot Supply. It, in that way, you take control of your life. You take control of whatever the situation is, you're prepared for it. So just have a long term emergency food supply on hand for yourself and your family and that's where my patriot supply comes in to the equation because they can help you get prepared with four weeks of really easy to prepare food for just ninety nine dollars four weeks ninety nine bucks and that includes shipping and we're coming up on thanksgiving uh everyone loves thanksgiving i eat about a year's worth of food Mm -hmm. uh, on thanksgiving but you want food that's actually going to taste good if you have to eat it if your emergency food tastes like sawdust you're probably it's not going to make you any happier in those moments why not have food for the same price that's actually good tasting i mean why not 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com the deal 99 dollars four weeks of food 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. The experts at web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. 
Apparently there's a big fat cold front that has hit and uh, temperature dropped like 50 degrees in the Northeast. It's freaking global warming. Yep. Been telling you about this uh, for a long time. Nobody will listen to me. Why won't they listen? Uh, the Earth is warming. And it's warmed so much. It's that it got dropped. cold all of a sudden. So what has happened now, this is so weird, but it, it got so hot that it came all the way back around to cold. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. We warned you. We tried to say. We tried to tell you. Got to do something. It's catastrophic. We said, we, we, you have to turn off your lights when you go out of the room or this is going to happen. And it happened. And it happened. Whoever heard know? of 20 degrees in the Northeast in November? <laughs> it doesn't happen. It's never happened before. It's never. It's unprecedented in world history. It's never happened. Only because it got so hot, it came all the way back around to cold. That's right. And, and like Stu said, if you would have turned your damn lights off when we told you to, when you left the room, could have avoided it. We, uh, <laughs> you would have do- ridden your bike to work from time to time like we asked you to. You're, you people are despicable. <laughs> you sicken us. You sicken us. Wait, wait, why did you show Jeffy when, when I said despicable? <laughs> I mean, that's not what I was going for there, but I appreciate the effort. Uh, because uh, he is just... Oh, that wasn't what you were going for? It actually wasn't that time. Oh, good. <laughs> I was just saying these okay. people... I, yeah. I was t- I that was... one single person watching or listening to this broadcast believes that. Just because I said the word despicable doesn't mean I was talking about you. It usually does, but not every time. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... it's uh, do you miss... I know you're a big... You're a fan of the cold. Um, I, I don't love miss the cold, it at all. Man. Like, my oh, wife's I... like, I can't believe it. It's going to be 79 degrees tomorrow. I'm like, thank God... I, I love that. I hate it. I love every Especially second of when it. it's football season, when it's Halloween, when it's coming up to Thanksgiving. I want a change of seasons! I am tired of perpetual summer! I'm tired of it! Tired of it. This is what I hear at my house as well. Oh, I'm tired I of it. Not I hate it. I hate it. It's about the only thing I hate about Texas, but I hate it. I hate the weather here. I hated it in Houston. I hate it in Dallas. I hate now, it. Jeffy, oddly, you'd think would be a proponent I know. For weather, you would but think so. Yeah. With the whale blubber there that's going on. <laughs> I was not. Uh, <laughs> Again, that was not my intent. Oh, really? No. I what was, was your saying, intent there? I was just saying that, you know, Jeffy uh, has a bit of a, uh, as you've mentioned many times, mm-hmm. a bit of a sweating issue. <laughs> that um, too. You also mm-hmm. enjoy it very cold in here. I do. I do. And, and yeah, I, that's when I, right. When I moved to Florida, I worked in freezers. I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. I, lo- I like it hot outside. Oh, I do not. Inside, there's a thing called air conditioning. Right, but why do you, why do you want it to be hot outside if you're not going to be outside in it? What's the point of having it hot? Because I like to go outside once in a while and have it be really hot. See, I don't. I do. Okay. I, I, especially in the autumn, you know, it would be nice if there was a little coolness. If you could you go feel outside, it. it's really it's hot. The in the sun air. is out, it's nice, and you know that... Inside that structure not far away is nice, cool air. Well, this is a product of growing up in Montana, where we had a definite change of seasons. And in the summer, I mean, in the summer, it was warm, you know, relatively. No air conditioning. In the autumn. No, you didn't even need air conditioning. But in the autumn, it cooled. I mean, as soon as (laughs) 
like <laughs> clockwork, man, when September hit, yep. boom. boom. That te- I mean, it didn't even have to wait until the 21st or when the autumn solstice is. But as soon as September, the calendar clicked around to September, man, it got chillier. Michigan it was really pretty did. close to that, too, when I was growing up in Michigan. I was saying, I mean, it was... Ugh. And I love that. I loved it. And, uh, you know, I just... That's what I grew up with, and now I, I don't have and it. And I actually I don't mean, mind it if you don't have to go out in it. Yeah. You know, that's the whole so thing. You don't mind, again, you don't, what you're saying is you don't mind the temperate indoors. You're <laughs> indoorsy, as they say. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. We'll stick with that. Because, okay. mm-hmm. I mean, really, you're just saying, like, I don't care what it's like outside as long as it can be the exact temperature I want inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, anyway, now you're not snow the, and blizzard conditions yeah, in the plains. Very states, scary, very apparently. scary. Apparently, so be careful this week. You're not the only person, however, Pat, uh, who's a little disappointed in the way things are going right now. Really? We also have to think about Hillary Clinton. I don't want to think about Hillary no, no, Clinton. No, no, she's great, and she's she's had a, a moment. You're of, saying we have to think about her? Yes, in fact, you're going to have to see her. Wow. You're going to have to see her speak. I, could, I mean, did you see that? Look at that. I did. She's Get right a close-up there, because that's, a, no, that's not her, her finest moment. Don't do right that. There. I don't think that's a good idea. Of course, idea. every moment's not my finest. But there, look at that. Mm. Uh, hello. Mm. Uh, so anyway, here she is talking. Her first speech uh, post-election. This is. I mean, we've talked about this before. But take out your dislike for Hillary Clinton and yeah. her policies for okay. a moment. All right. What I'm taking it out. an incredibly crushing thing this must be. Uh, she has worked her entire life for this she, one thing. Honestly, she knew she was going to be president. She knew it. She knew that one day, you know, okay, maybe not 2008. She, you know, you got this surprise upstart, Barack Obama. All right, I'll give you another eight years. But I will be president after that. Yeah. Nope. And think about it. She was. Nope. They, there are reports that on her plane on Election Day in the middle of the day, they were popping corks of champagne. That's how sure they were. They were well, they had they had a uh, fireworks display planned for the Hudson that night, Yep, which they had to cancel. Huge yeah. Javits Center party that yeah. must have cost a fortune. Um, they're now saying this is amazing. They're now saying they had tons of people on the ground in Michigan and Wisconsin. But they decided not to try to really run ads there because they were afraid they would alert the Trump campaign that it was close. Oh, man. So they decided to just lay low and hope they just squeaked one out. That turns out to be a mistake. Turns out to be a huge mistake. Um, And Trump kept visiting those areas. The other part is this election. And, you know, you hear every liberal, I'm sure, in your Facebook feed saying, oh, she won the popular vote. First of all, she's going to win the popular vote by more than any losing candidate in history. It's not even going to be close. I mean, even she, more than Gore did in way more than she's already up by almost three times what Gore won by. Well, Gore won wow. by, I think, 500,000 votes. She's probably going to be in the area of two million by the time this thing is over. Wow. She's probably going to win about a point by about a point and a half. So a point and a half. Now, remember, Gore won by <sighs> half a point. Not to mention, remember 2004, John Kerry uh, versus George W. Bush. That came down to just Ohio, singularly. And uh, I think he won, Bush won by about 150,000 votes. That was the difference. And so a lot of Democrats were pissed off and they said, hey, we're, we're, you know, we got torches and we can't believe this election was stolen. There's 150,000 votes. Where's the recounts? Remember how much they complained? Mm-hmm. Everyone understood their complaints after uh, Gore, Bush, honestly. 500 votes? Uh, yeah, sure, I get it. I mean, you're going you're gonna to want to recount, right? I get that. 150,000 votes is ridiculous when, when uh, Bush beat Kerry. This vote... Uh, as far as the Electoral College, is going to be likely closer than Bush Kerry because she is going to lose three states that would have won her the election by a combined total of about 110,000 votes. Combined total. That's how close that was. She's, she may still actually win Michigan. It's not impossible. 
although probably because there's no point in it, they're not going to do recounts and such. But she's only down by, I think, 13 or 12,000 in Michigan. She's down by, I want to say... Have they counted Detroit? Uh, I think they have mostly, yeah. But I mean, uh, mm. then 30 or 40,000 in uh, Pennsylvania and um, Wisconsin, I think, are the three, um, if I'm remembering that correctly. They are. Um, so those three combined, it's only like 110,000 votes, 120,000 votes. Wow. That's wow. Which is closer than Bush Kerry. I mean, the Electoral College, I think here, it really saves us from uh, God knows what. Because if she, because it was an Electoral College blowout, which it wasn't really. I mean, he won, what, 290? It looks like he's going to win 290 Electoral. I thought it was 306 to 232. You may be right. I, I, I don't remember. That's um, the latest count I saw. Okay. I, you could be right on that. I, I, I haven't looked. Um, but, you know, and, all, and I, we should also mention that Trump only won New Hampshire by three or four thousand votes. So that also could have been contested. Mm. Um, Or excuse me, uh, Clinton only won uh, New Hampshire by three or four thousand votes. So in theory, if these others were contested, you'd have to throw that into the mix, too. Bottom line, it was really freaking close. So she's popping champagne corks during the day. At the night, she's losing by one of the closest margins in history in the Electoral College. I mean, I know it's weird to say that, but it's true. And then in addition to that, she's going to win the popular vote by more than any losing candidate in history. This is and she is going home. Now, there's a part of me, a mm. big part of me, the biggest part of me. And I'm it a, takes great pleasure, great pleasure in, that. in that, in the fact that I she love that. loses. I love that. She I'm not a Trump fan. Lose. Everybody knows. We've made yeah. that pretty clear. Made it very clear. But I love that she's going away. Yes, I love that. Good. There's a slight part of me, though, that just as a person has to feel that what is she must be <clears throat> going oh, I know. through it's in this be, moment. It's, it's got to be torturous. Yes. Here's her first public uh, commentary on this post-election. Now, I will admit... Coming here tonight wasn't the easiest thing for me. There have been a few times this past week when uh, all I wanted to do was just to curl up with a good book or our dogs and never leave the house again. But if there's anyone who knows how to pick yourself up and get back on your feet and get to work, it is Marion. Yeah, it's Marion. Who's Marion? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, reflected <laughs> about uh, wait, what? Her mother, who decades ago was abandoned as a child. Oh, okay. We need a little context, a little context there, context we which we have setup, on the sheet. But, I didn't say, but we don't have it. So, uh, so yeah, I will say this though. I mean, you're painting a sympathetic picture, but no one. Let's not forget the fact that no one deserves it more than she does. Absolutely. To get her ass kicked and get the hell out of our face. Oh, I thought from you now on. No, no. Uh, Nobody <laughs> deserves to be beaten and and feel this way more than she and, does. And, and look, this this is plainly her fault too. I it, mean, I, it is. She's terrible. We can all sit here and say, "Well, fake news on Facebook." If, uh, she should have won this thing by fifteen points. I mean, look. Every time I start to feel badly about her, though, I, I think Benghazi and lying to those yeah, families. I, I don't feel bad for her overall. I'm just yeah. saying that there, as no, a human you being, don't. you have the, that but, moment. But there, um, and you're right. And I've had those moments, too, where I've thought, oh, she's no. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's, I think it. that's natural with candidates, by it the is. way. When you Because you went through, you just went through a really emotional experience with this person, right? She doesn't yeah. know who we are, but but we know, you know, you have you went through this thing and you were fighting against her probably, but still there's that level of it's just like you feel bad for a team that lost in, you know, a big game even if you don't like the team. I think that's you when know. you see him crying afterward. Yeah, it's, it's you just, do. you know, it's yeah. I will say this though and and to end this on maybe a positive note. 
both Hillary Clinton and mm. Barack Obama have been surprisingly good in this transition. She has not I've come out and trashed Trump. Now, she was friends with no, him and everything else, not. we know that. But yeah. she's, yep, Obama has been conciliatory. Yeah. He's been, not, he was not like that in the campaign at all. And again, nope. nobody deserves to get out of that White House more than Barack Obama. But he's been good. And, right. and he's treated Trump, I think, fairly so far. No kidding. He's tried to, I mean, there's a, there was a report that said, Trump came in, met with uh, Obama, and Trump was not aware that he had to hire all these people. He was, uh, at that point, did not consider, he didn't know he had to, all the White House staffers, he thought some mm-hmm. of them would be staying. He has to, an entire new staff he has to hire. It's a big job, that mm-hmm. transition, is why you have somebody hopefully competent, I think Pence is competent, to do that. Um, but it's a, it, it's a story where he's reached out and said, like, well, help, let me help, let me help. I think, and I think it goes back to that initial thing that we saw at the beginning. Part of it is... The president being, you know, the president. And I'm sure even Barack Obama has had some of that put into him over this time. But beyond that, I think it's they see Trump as winnable. They might be able to win him over on some things. They might be able to influence his thinking on certain things. You know, when this all changed, it seems to me, and I I don't know that this is a fact. It's just speculation on my part. But when they sat down for that 90-minute meeting uh, the day after the election, I'll bet you... Obama got a whole new perspective on Trump because he has seen him as a right wing kook up until this point. Uh-huh. And then he probably heard all of the things, all of the ideological leanings that Trump really has during that meeting. And maybe that smooths some things over. Yeah. Maybe he did think, OK, yeah, I can work with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're going to do a trillion dollar stimulus. Oh, yeah, I did something like that. Yeah, because I think. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think the they're t- like minded on so many things. So Why wouldn't they things. be close? Why not? And, and, and again, they're not going to they're obviously going to be a, a opposition on a lot of things. But the idea of when you're in a, a team situation like an election, I got to stop this guy, got to stop this guy, got to stop this guy, got to stop this guy. Mm-hmm. At some point. You get past that and it turns into, OK, well, what can what's the best outcome for us? We've done the same thing. You know, I, I during the primary, I got to stop this guy, got to stop this guy. Now I'm resigned to crap, uh, a crappy president, no matter what. Now that he's president, just like if she was president, I'm hopeful for the best. The best outcome for me is not necessarily a good presidency. I don't think, though, I'm leave, I leave that option open. Um, maybe he can win me over. But I mean, I, I look at this and say there could be some good things that come out of this. Maybe he will name a good Supreme Court justice. Maybe he will mm-hmm. uh, lower taxes like he said he would. Maybe he would control mm-hmm. the border a little bit better. Those things will be positive, I think, for our country. And, and hopefully if we can get three or four of those, and we might get, we're probably, you know, probably going to get a few trillion dollars of extra spending. And we're probably going to get a bunch of entitlement programs that we didn't have before. But we probably would have had a good chance of that happening with Hillary, too. You don't know. You know, we mm-hmm. just hope for the best. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. War patents too, coming up. Stu, uh, Barbara Boxer, uh, she's retiring, but before she goes, she wants to introduce the bill. Or is it, she's actually about to introduce a bill to end the Electoral College. Um, I would think 
This would have to be done constitutionally because the Electoral College in, is in the Constitution. So in a bill, it would. But we talked about yesterday how that the, the organization is planning to do it through the states, uh, which they, so they could do it without without a constitutional amendment. But I don't think Boxer could. She says, in my lifetime, I've seen two elections where the winner of the general did not win the popular vote. The Electoral College is out, an outdated, undemocratic system. We're not a democracy. Democracies don't work. Uh, an outdated, undemocratic system, that's what they say about the Constitution all the time, that does not reflect our modern society, and it needs to change immediately. Every American should be guaranteed that their vote counts. Well, their vote does count. Um, in fact, when you win a state, the electoral, the electoral co uh, college votes uh, go to that candidate, right? I mean, right. In, in every case. So... In Wisconsin, those votes for Trump counted. They won the state. Trump won the state. In Pennsylvania, he won the state. It, this gives power to the individual states. And rather than having a, so rather than having a national election, you just have, you know, 50 elections that add up to the winner here. Right. And, and, and people, look, I, it's an amazing Race and I under, we, we, the first thing I wrote in my post-election uh, article uh, was they're going to come after the electoral college. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah. are. Um, and look, look at their case for a second. Hillary Clinton is going to win the popular vote by more than any losing candidate in history. It's probably going to mm -hmm. be close to two million or more votes by the time this is over. She's going to win it. She's going to win it by probably a point and a half. Um, where you know, Gore's was about a half of a point. Um, not to mention the Electoral College. We just talked about it. Here's the, here's the, here's the margins I was discussing earlier. Um, Pennsylvania uh, was 28,000 votes. All of Pennsylvania. 2.912 mm -hmm. million to 2.844 million. Uh, or, excuse me, 56, uh, 68, uh, um, right? Yeah, f yeah, 68, sorry. 68,000 uh, votes. Uh, in Wisconsin, uh, it was 21,000. So you're at uh, 89,000. And in Michigan, it was about 11,000. So you're about 100,000 votes total. Mm -hmm. It was closer than the 2004 um, election, even in the Electoral College. Uh, <clears throat> so this is a real tough thing for them to take. However, it's also built on ridiculous assumptions. If Donald Trump had to win the popular vote, what he would have done is camped out in Texas. Mm -hmm. He would have been in Texas. He would have been in Nebraska. He would have been in uh, you know, um, all the red states in the Union instead of the purple ones. Yeah, because you focus on Texas, you get more votes here. We have more people here. Yeah. Uh, so you just win one state bigger than winning these other states. Is that more important? I mean, let's take a look at the Prager University uh, Electoral College um, segments that they did, because they're really good. And, and they explain what's going on here um, probably b better than we're doing. But author, lawyer and Electoral College expert Tara Ross explains that to understand the Electoral College is to understand our system. The founders had no intention of creating a pure majority rule democracy. Right. They knew from careful study of history what most have forgotten today or never learned. Pure democracies do not work. They implode. Democracy has been colorfully described as two wolves and a lamb voting on what's for dinner. In a pure democracy, Bare majorities can easily tyrannize the rest of a country. The founders wanted to avoid this at all costs. This is why we have three branches of government. 
executive, legislative, and judicial. It's why each state has two senators, no matter what its population, but also different numbers of representatives based entirely on population. It's why it takes a supermajority in Congress and three-quarters of the states to change the Constitution. And it's why we have the Electoral College. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's also why the founders uh, made the three-fifths clause that they made uh, about slaves in the beginning of the republic because that lessened the population of the South. It didn't mean that their vote was only three-fifths of a person. It didn't mean that they were considered just to be three-fifths of a person. It meant that to be counted in a census, they would only count as three-fifths because then the the South wouldn't be as populous as it really was. Because if they counted every slave as one person, the South would have been far more populous representative wise than the north was and they would have been able to do they would have been able to lock slavery in for all time right in fact and, and the way a lot of people are like oh, that can't be true the way you know it's true is that the south was arguing it for it to be one well, they, not wanted, three one fifths. they wanted one full person the south right. wanted the one for a person the north right. wanted zero yeah and it was because they knew the south would get all the control and be able to lock this in forever the south even though they treated their slaves like zero-fifths of a person, they wanted them to be five-fifths of a person because they would get more representation. Ben Franklin, who was an abolitionist, said, don't, don't, don't count them at all. Don't count them. Don't count the slaves to be any of a person. Well, they don't have the right. So, they certainly didn't have the rights of the person. Right. Um, but, they, you know, obviously, if the slave... Because remember, slaves would be counted as a person for population, but then wouldn't be able to vote. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. like, look at what a nice thing that is for slave owners. It was a, it was a great <laughs> you know? thing for the South. Right. It was. Yeah. I would have locked it in. OK, here's part two of uh, the Electoral College explanation here. The system encourages coalition building and national campaigning. In order to win, a candidate must have the support of many different types of voters from various parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Winning only the South or the Midwest is not good enough. You cannot win 270 electoral votes if only one part of the country is supporting you. But if winning were only about getting the most votes, a candidate might concentrate all of his efforts in the biggest cities or the biggest states. Why would that candidate care about what people in West Virginia or Iowa or Montana think? You wouldn't. But you might ask, isn't the election really only about the so-called swing states? Actually, no. If nothing else, safe and swing states are constantly changing. California voted safely Republican as recently as 1988. Texas used to vote Democrat. Neither New Hampshire nor Virginia used to be swing states. Most people think that George W. Bush won the 2000 election because of Florida. Well, sort of. But he really won the election because he managed to flip one state, which the Democrats thought was safe, West Virginia. Its four electoral votes turned out to be decisive. No political party can ignore any state for too long without suffering the consequences. Every state, and therefore every voter in every state, is important. I mean, that's a, that's a good explanation. And that was uh, a, literally two and a half minutes long. Um, I think they've received something like 50 million hits on that. So hopefully some people who were like, yeah, I mean, let's get rid of this thing. I'm going to see why. Hopefully this convinced some people that, no, there's... A method to the madness of the Electoral College. Uh, And while it seems contradictory for the American system, it isn't. It isn't. It ensures that people don't focus. Why wouldn't you just focus on New York 
Los Angeles, say Minneapolis, Chicago, Chicago and Houston and Dallas, and you're done. Uh, I mean, that's what I would do, and you, you waste a lot less money. And also, I mean, you would tailor your proposals almost entirely to cities. When you were coming right. up with a new idea, it would be to treat the cities well, not to sit and treat the would suburbs. Would you care? Or the would rural you give a rat's ass about Iowa? No. No. Why would you? But even if you did, you'd be your, your policies would target the urban life. Yeah. Like you would constantly be yeah. saying, "Here's here's this great proposal that will help a city." If, if you went to suburbs, Iowa, you'd only go to Des Moines. Yeah. All right. More patents too coming up in a minute. By the way, uh, Florida not the closest state to the 2000 election. Uh, new Mexico is actually only 300 and some odd votes. Wow, uh, really? Yeah, but it wouldn't have turned the election. So no for Bush? It. Uh, it went for Clinton, or, uh, for, uh, for Gore. But if it flipped, it wouldn't have mattered at all. Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Well, first I'd like to say... Uh, Maybe first I'd like to say, turn on your freaking mic, moron. All right, go ahead. Do you have anything else to say? <laughs> no, that's about it. Go ahead. Uh, I want to congratulate Ken Bone. Uh, Ken, Ken Bone, Bone uh, has a new channel on his video uh, with a video on it. 30 seconds. Oh, wait. Ken Bone is he the his, guy... And his, his 30 seconds of... of of fun. Yeah, he asked a question the, at, yes. a, at a debate or something. Yes, and everybody made fun of him because he had yeah. his sweater, because yeah. he had ripped his Well, suit. they actually liked him. It was. It seemed like it was a yeah. nice thing. Yeah, uh, I people, think so. Yeah, I mean, well, like, hot chicks were saying they they wanted to marry Ken Bone and that kind of stuff. So, Which is, you're, sort of I will say, Jeffy, you're right. It, that's actually kind of making fun they of him. They were sort of bucking. But it, yes. they like the fact that he was seemed so sweet and innocent, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, well, he decided to try to take advantage of that. Uh, with his 20-minute video and his new uh, video channel. 20-minute um, video? On what? His one video. Uh-huh. Um, it's just about his congratulations. story. <laughs> thanks, that's thanks it. Ken. Yeah, mm-hmm. no problem. Uh, good luck. God bless. And well, what, Go what is away. The, what is the 20 minutes on? Do you know? His life. Seriously? <laughs> Particularly his experience yes. asking this question, right? Yes. And what it was like. <laughs> what? And we all know that. Have a nice day. We all know that, Ken. I, I, is anybody still interested in what Ken Bone no. is doing now with the red sweater and stuff? No, but I have a red sweater like that. You might have recognized. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not exactly l- l- like that, but I'm about that size in it, and I'm, I'm about that size again, which I'm kind of proud of. So oh, you Ken, hate that photo shoot? I hate they, that the photo red, shoot. The red sweater photo shoot is legendary oh. around here for Pat. <laughs> Uh, any anytime they do a promo picture and they use that in there, he, like he the, murders the person. We have to use the red sweater. So, Ken, I feel your pain. I do. We I need feel more, your pain in the red sweater. We're going to need more Jeffy time here in a second. I will yeah, say, though, if you're Ken Bone, what is the downside of this? Like, you've got this thing that people are interested in. You're uh-huh. probably not going to do another thing that people are going to get excited about. Why right. not Might take well advantage as far as you can? Right? Try to cash in. Exactly. Right. And that's, well, what, that's, he's that's yeah. what he's doing.
Happy Stu. All right, we don't want to shortchange uh, Jeffy because uh, he no, worked really the, hard on this not, segment today. Not the kind of people we are. I mean, we, no. we, we care right. so much. And we, it's such a great work environment for him. I wouldn't want to sully it with, with giving him a little bit too, uh, too short of Look a time. Look, he's, he's tearing up over there. Because I have, actually. He, he realizes just how sincere we are he loves about all this. I and am. he loves it. I'll he say that. He loves it. So you had a couple more stories, uh, <laughs> Jeffy, because you worked very hard to prepare this uh, today. And, and all he had was the Ken Bone story. That it, That's all he got to before. And well, I don't want to finish up with Ken because, oh. you know, Ken had uh, 27,000, over 27,000 views on his YouTube That's video. That's not bad. That's not bad. And he's got 11,000 subscribers. Wow. 11,001 subscribers. Now, I will say that I'm a little disappointed mm. that, uh, you know, when you click on the Ken Burns, he doesn't have it or it's Ken. Ken Bone. Yeah, Bone. Like, I want to keep on to call him Ken Stupid Burns. Um, he doesn't have his red sweater on. Mm. He, he doesn't always in the video. wear his red sweater. Yeah. I mean, what's his face? That's uh, his trademark. Tucker Carlson wore that freaking bow tie for like 70 years. Yes. When you, when you get a uh, when you get a thing like that. You got to go with like it. Like now, I think Glenn has to wear the the uh, the scarf thing all the time. I mean, it's just oh, look. The scarf hates, and the dumb grandpa just, hat. Yeah, the scarf scarf. and he hates the it. scarf scarf. Oh, so we call it an ASCA. So and all the... the that, and the grandpa. He gets hat. so pissed. At Most that. of it, he's for real. totally fine with, That's like, because he knows he dresses differently. He was legitimately no, he hurt pissed. slash pissed. Today. He gets pissed on the ass guy. No, legitimately, no, no. I think he was. Yeah, no, he, no. Got, he gets pissed. Look at that. Oh, I don't think I mean, so. but look at. Come on now. That's a terrible look. That, <laughs> The middle-aged lesbian uh, comparison. That is what he looks like. He looks like a middle-aged lesbian. <laughs> I will say that, like. He's, he's That's a good call. Always That's a great that is, whoever call. called that is the one. He's always dressed a little bit differently. We've been making yeah, fun of, of him for years. Yeah. And yeah. I would say 99% of it he doesn't care about because he knows he's 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 a guy that's he knows he's eccentric. Yes, and he knows it. He knows um, that. The Ascot thing actually doesn't yeah, seem about You know that pisses him off. He does. That's the only Which reason. I don't know. I don't know why the Ascot is so bad to I him. I mean, the grandpa uh, hat is such a dumb look that uh, <laughs> that he doesn't but he doesn't mind because no, that's his grandfather's hat, right? <laughs> I mean, that literally mind. is his grandfather's hat. Mm-hmm. I think it is. So, yeah, I mean, that's I why he, you know, he, your grandfather's hat, he doesn't take that as a as a rip because it is. Right. And but it means it's something okay to with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But the ascot, uh, I don't know why he's sensitive to that because it doesn't, the ascot doesn't mean anything to him. Because that's, that's probably a $25,000 scarf that he <laughs> folds up around his stupid probably. neck like that. Yeah, it's, it's not an ascot. It's not a, not a not a dicky. It's not an ascot. All right, before we get fired, can you not zoom in on us? I mean, geez. yeah, no, <laughs> come on. We're almost we're we're, we're close. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, it's a scarf. Yeah, and as you know, I think it's pretty clear. We are generally speaking I mean, so nice hello. to each other, yeah. and and never right. bust on each other for things that Plus, are. I believe that he should completely. be a guest uh, guest judge on Project Runway. I mean, he is fashion. I, mean, I joke around about I am fashion, but I watch mm. Project Runway a lot, and I, I love I love the whole little fashion thing because I'm not. But he mm. really should be. Mm-hmm. Well, Glenn takes pride. Yes, in I mean, knowing fashion, liking fashion. I, I mean, he can look at your shoes and tell you what designer. Project Runway has that damn show has some of the biggest sponsors in the world for mm-hmm. that stupid show. I'm making dresses. Glenn should be one of the judges on that sure. show. Easy. Yeah, uh, he'd probably enjoy that too. Yeah. I know. All right, so but what else did you have on Do Ken not Bone leave the hotel. Leave expensive jewelry at home. <laughs> Don't bring large sums of money. Don't use ATMs. Only drink bottled water. Do not order room service. Do not eat outside the room or the team meal room. All of these instructions these above, for the Houston Texans mean, in Mexico City. That's correct. Not my house. 
<laughs> I know that is a instead of warning at my house. Why Although are I, you going to that? There are a number of things hole. on that list that could mean that uh, the, the list of not coming to my house. I will but, say uh, your wife sent me an invitation for the cookie party, and a very similar. Uh, mm-hmm. Was, mm-hmm. On, was mm-hmm. on the invitation. She didn't show me that part of it. <laughs> no, she did not. It's an, it's, a, it's an amazing list, though. Because it sure is. As you said, now this, the, the Texans are playing, is it the Saints? The, the Raiders, I thought. Raiders, yeah, right. So, uh, Texans and Raiders in Mexico City, I think, this weekend. And so the Texans all got this list. Uh, and, and it was a memo that said, for safety, do not leave the hotel. Uh, don't bring money. Don't bring jewelry. Don't go yeah. to an ATM. Don't use an ATM in Mexico City. Yeah, and furthermore, drink only bottled water. Everybody knows that. But avoid the consumption of ice. Eat all your meals only in the team yeah, the meal room. Provided from Houston. I don't, I'm not sure I understand the don't order room service. What is that about? Because that means you're still getting food that's not from them, not from Houston, right? The, not from so. the NFL team. That's coming from and the they hotel. Must, they must be bringing all their own food. Absolutely. That's kind of what it leads you to believe, isn't it? And that one of the problems is, and this is kind of interesting, they think that the meat, now this is, I guess it's been made illegal uh, in Mexico, but they say that they're they suspect strongly that people are still doing it. They they uh, inject the cattle with clenbuterol, which is a banned steroid right. in the NFL. So the cows are all pumped up on these steroids. So when you eat the meat, if you eat a lot of it, you may t- test positive for clenbuterol, and then you'd be obviously fined and uh, you know kicked out for four games if it's your first offense or whatever mm-hmm. the penalty is. So they're saying, you know, if you eat the meat in Mexico, you do so at your own risk because you may test positive and then we're not using that as an excuse. I didn't realize that was the case when I went to Mexico. I came back all pumped up, looking uh, lean and mean. And Pretty jacked. I guess that, was the, yeah. guess that was the Mexican cattle. Must have when been. was this? You know. No, I... <laughs> I, I did we know you? I, I don't know. When was that? You know. Oh, no, I don't know. Uh, we all know you can't cross the border. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no country would accept you. But why are you playing football games in a city where you have to take all these precautions? Because Huge Mexico market. City, right? Huge why? market, right? I, I, yeah, first of all, city. you're not going to win over the Mexicans for American football. You're not going to do it. Now, will they show up to one game? Yeah, I'm sure they will because it's a novelty. Do people show up for one game of soccer? If it's a big event, sometimes yeah, yeah sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. But is soccer going to be huge here? No. Well, but merchandising is too. Right? I mean, they just sell the heck out of merchandise. What I kind of find interesting is, is it, is it is a huge market. Do you know what number it Mexico is? Mexico City. That's got to be number pretty Mexico? close to number one, isn't it? Mexico City. What Mexico is, City is. If we're ranking it as as North as North American cities size wise, it's the largest. I think it's it bigger is. than New York. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think um, it's like twenty four million something like that. So that's probably million. why you do it. Now, but yeah. what's interesting about that is. The spending power is so much less. So, you know, when you can go to a city like, like is it better to, ha- to go to a city like um, Green Bay, which has a small population, but with a lot of people who are relatively wealthy, um, ra- a- a- as opposed to a city like Mexico City, which, yeah, you got 24 million people, but they're not paying a hun- you know, $350 a ticket for these games. Right. Like, I guess you're opening right. up and this is a first sort of, you know, play into that market to try to get them excited for the future. And maybe as they become wealthier... Um, uh, th- then they'll be able to, to support a team there. 
But, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's a huge short-term play. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. And I guess they played in Mexico City before. I, di- I didn't realize that. Um, the, in 2005. Do you know they were... I, I don't remember them doing this back in 2005. I thought... You know, the London thing, the Paris thing, the Mexico. I thought this was a fairly new trend in the NFL, but they've, they've been doing it for a decade or more. Hmm. Um, what, is that it? What else you got, uh, Jeffy? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth in the world, according to this list, Mexico City. Yeah, in, in the, the world. world. But what Anything about, else right. in North America ahead of it? Uh, New York City is below Mexico City. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. Yep. No, no, Mexico City, North America. So, I mean, you see the, obviously the dollar signs are going off there. You understand Absolutely. why they're doing it, but mm-hmm. it's still, I don't know if it's worth it. All right, let's, uh, let's actually, why don't we take a break here, Pat, because we've got something from, uh, from the vault we want to show you from Glenn, but because we've got, the schedule's a little weird. So let's take an early break here, and we'll come back on the other side and, and give you this cool piece from Glenn uh, t- t- telling you a, a really cool story from history. First, I'm going to tell you about uh, Bull & Branch. Now, Bull & Branch uh, is the company we've been talking about for a while, they have the best sheets in the industry. Mm. Um, and if you don't care about your sheets, you don't care about your bed, you're missing out. Because you're spending a third of your life wrapped mm-hmm. in these things. Why not make them the best that you can buy? And there is an answer to that, to be perfectly honest, is because normally they cost way too much. In fact, they cost uh, maybe up to $1,000 for bed sheets. You, you know, yeah. You're not going to spend that. Bowling Branch knows that, and they solved this problem. There are companies that make sheets with like a 1,500 thread count. That means like 1,500 threads or, you know, per that, that, square that's inch. That's kind of what I figured. 1,500 threads okay. per square inch, I think it is. But I'm not positive. But anyway, it's, a, it's an enormous amount. But a lot of times they're, they're kind of crappy threads, so they've got to wind a bunch of them together. That's not the case with Bull & Branch. They come from organic cotton. They're made really well. It's high-quality stuff. They don't use pesticides, so they feel super, super soft and really good on your skin. It's just an incredible... I mean, you'll just want to lay in your your bed, on your sheets, luxuriating when you wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Make your bed a better place. And if you're buying a gift for someone, what better way? Because they're going to think about you every single night. Try Bowl and Branch for 30 nights. Shipping is free. And if you aren't completely in love, send it back for a full refund. No risk at all. Go to bowlandbranch.com. Use the promo code BLAZE to save 50 bucks off your first set of sheets. It's spelled B-O-L-L. That's bowlandbranch.com. Promo code BLAZE. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.
guy. It's us again. Welcome. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Uh, Glenn Beck. Um, probably a person. You, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but uh, he does. Uh, he does. What does he do? He does. Uh, I know he does the Furt Wangler show. He, yeah, yeah. He talks about Furt Wanglers and stuff. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> don't get me started on Furt Wanglers. Just move I, on. Don't Jeffy, look at me I for got, Furt I, we, just Sorry, Jeffy. We only have 45 minutes left of the show. I can't get you started on it. Because uh, uh, you will go on and on and on. Yeah, Bob Bonhoeffer, Furt mm. Wangler, uh, not to mention uh, Klaus oh. van Stauffenberg. Oh, my. If you get him Whoa. started on Klaus van Stauffenberg, he won't stop. He won't. We'll be here all through the vacation next week and stuff. It'll be. Klaus is fascinating. He actually is. But yeah. I mean, they all are. I Did mean, you call him close? Klaus. <laughs> Instead of Klaus. <laughs> all right. Anyway, Glenn uh, pulled some things out of the vault last night uh, and discussed what it means to be a hero. And, and you know, there are artifacts that belong to uh, uh, Bonhoeffer, Furt Wangler, and von Stauffenberg. And he asked the question Will you be the warrior, the priest, or the artist? Because each of these people is one of those, and he wants to know which you'll be. Here's how that went. <laughs> so before we start here, I, I tried to make a list of what does it take to be a hero? And I, I'm not sure. I, I, I wrote these first two, courage and correct principles, and then I said honor and humility, but I don't think you need them. I think all you need is courage and correct principles, because if you have courage and incorrect principles, you can become a monster. If you have correct principles and the courage to stand up for those principles, I don't think you need any more. But I want to show you that when the world goes insane, it goes slowly. Um, it, it, people are duped into it. It may seem, I'm going to tell you some stories tonight, that you've never heard these before. You've, you might have heard of these three guys, at least two of the three, but you've never heard the truth of how insane Germany went as quickly as it did and how many people stood back. Correct principles and courage. All right, let me give you three people that I think all three had tremendous courage. And I'm going to make, this is so controversial, I'm going to make a case that all three of these guys did not have correct principles at the very beginning. They had a piece of correct principles at the very beginning. Because Wilhelm Furtwangler, um, von Stauffenberg, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, all three of these guys were not talking about the crimes against humanity that would come later. When they first started, um, they all had their own sphere of influence and their own thing that they were worried about. For instance, Wilhelm Furtwangler. Uh, I have, I've, for the last two weeks, I've practically lived with this guy, and I really like him, strangely. I'm not sure if he's a good guy yet. I, I don't know. Um, I think he is. But he was the conductor of the Berlin Philharmonic. He was um, the greatest conductor, they say, to ever live. And uh, he was a guy that uh, believed 
in art, and he believed that uh, it, what was important was um, music of Beethoven and, and Mozart and Wagner. It would stir the soul, and it was the soul of Germany that was in trouble. The warrior was von Stauffenberg. He was a nationalist. He didn't have correct principles. He was a nationalist, and, and he, he wanted to return the honor of the crown, but at first he was fighting for Hitler. He wasn't fighting for the big principles of life. He wasn't fighting for it either. And Bonhoeffer was fighting at the very beginning just for the church. He wasn't talking about anything else that was going on. He was talking about the church. And what was happening at the church at the time was unbelievable. He was fighting for the church, the freedom to preach Christ, and to hold on to the whole Bible. I'm going to start with him. We're going to start with the priest because his story uh, is not really told at least in the way that I want you to understand it and what he was fighting for. So let's start with Dietrich Bonhoeffer. When you think of um, Germany and the, um, the problems of anti-Semitism, you think that this is a Hitler problem, and someday um, we want to do a show in the vault. I I'll, I'll take you back to Abraham uh, and show you the roots of anti-Semitism, it, it is a never-ending uh, uh, story. The, the first Jews to wear the Star of David on their, uh, on their clothing, that wasn't started by the Germans. I think that was started by the Persians, who also made Jews wear bells on their feet so you could hear them coming. In Germany, um, it started long before Hitler. This is just one example. This is a broadside um, that was put out in the town in Germany in 1760. So before we were even a country, they were saying, hey, Jews are coming in and they're giving a bunch of false money. So be careful of those Jews and where you keep them in your neighborhood. So it wasn't something that it was, it was new. Um, and maybe perhaps that's why these three men didn't speak out first about anti-Semitism because it was normal in Germany and people had started to be dehumanized because of, of Nietzsche and Darwin. And once you start to dehumanize people, it's not far from this. This is a uh, whip that was just made from a broom handle uh, from the camp of Auschwitz used to... Um, whip Jews and others on their way to death. So let's put ourselves back into the mindset of 1933, before the camps were built, um, before anybody thought, I mean, remember, Time Magazine is even saying that um, fascism is the new way. It's the, it's the, 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 the new kind of government. It's going to be efficient. It's going to be quick. It's going to be able to help people. The very first thing the Nazis, um, put into play was welfare. They wanted to make sure that they could take care of people. And so the very first item that they started moving towards was welfare. And so just like today, if, a Nazi or somebody would come up 
but not a Nazi, somebody who's definitely not a Nazi, um, people would say in our society, that's crazy. They're not going to do those things. That's, that's nuts. So you got to put yourself in that mindset. 1933, you have no idea who Adolf Hitler is. Bonhoeffer does. Bonhoeffer has an idea. This guy's really, really bad. Um, and the reason why he's bad is he, in the 1930s, was running uh, as a Christian. But Bonhoeffer could look at what Hitler was saying and say, that's not really correct. But the people, because of the Weimar Republic, had gone so dark inside. Boy, does any of this sound familiar. So dark inside. Their society had gone so off the rails. Um, sex was rampant. The, the cabarets were, were rampant. Um, anything went. Homosexuality. Any kind of perversion that people wanted to engage in, they would engage in. That made the people of faith very uncomfortable. But because of World War I, they had lost all of their, their spirit of their country. They had been ground into dust. So they were demoralized. They were hungry. Their money was worthless. And crime and sex and drugs was everywhere. So here comes Hitler, somebody that only really about 20% of the population even like. Most people think he's nuts. They don't like him at all. They don't want him. But he says in 1930, I'm going to clean it up and we're going to return Christ to his proper place. And so Christians hear this and they think this is great. Now, when I say Christians, not Christians who are actually living their faith. Bonhoeffer is living his faith. He's hearing the subtle differences. He's actually hearing what Hitler is saying. And he's saying that's not Christianity, but it's good enough for 80% of the Christians. 1933, he becomes chancellor and Fuhrer. He's done this through the Night of Long Knives, which we'll have to do a show on, where he kills a lot of people. It breaks all the laws in the Constitution, but he does it for the German people, and the German people cheer. About two weeks after he is in office, Bonhoeffer does a radio address where he talks about the Fuhrer principle and how wrong the Fuhrer principle is. He says... The Führer is more of a Verführer, which is um, uh, a con artist, um, uh, an anti-leader, an anti-Führer, and not somebody that can be trusted at all. So the Verführer, he starts to say, you're being swindled, you're being conned. Halfway through that sermon on radio, the broadcast is cut. This is 1933, and this sets the stage for Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his struggle. But again, he's not struggling at first for all of humanity. He is struggling for the church because he sees what's happened to the church already. Now, this happened early in 1933, in January, by July of 1933, um, Hitler says there has to be new, um, uh, a, a new convention called for a new constitution for the churches. This is completely unconstitutional. Hitler has no right to do it, but he's the Fuhrer. And he says, we need 
new blood in the church. We need German blood. We need Deutschland Christians. And so he has these church elections, which are completely rigged, and his Nazis get in. Bonhoeffer had been fighting against these elections the whole time, but by September, after these new guys get into all of the churches, all of the new Nazis, they pass their first resolution, which is um, an Aryan resolution, that they're There isn't allowed to be anybody who is um, a pastor, a priest, or any hierarchy of the church at all that has any kind of Jewish descent. This sends Bonhoeffer off the deep end because what is the purpose of baptism? Now, me, I look at this, and here's one place where I can say, wow, (laughs) he doesn't get it. How is Bonhoeffer hailed as a hero when he's saying, yeah, 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 the, kill the Jews, whatever, but, but this guy's no longer a Jew because of baptism. So he has some correct principles, but not the big picture that he'd have in 1945. And he's saying this is making a mockery of baptism because nobody is killing the Jews yet. Right around this time, within a month of this, there is also a huge rally of German Deutschland Christians. And these German Christians, 20,000 of them, gather in a square. And they are protesting the Bible. 20,000 people who are Christians, devout Christians, are protesting the Bible because they say the Jewish part needs to be removed. I'm pretty sure that's all of it. But they just said that it was the Old Testament. When I started doing my homework and I looked that number up, it's not just the 20,000 people. Only 20% of Christians in Germany in 1933, because of the number that Adolf Hitler had done in two short years, only 20% believed that the Old Testament should be included in the Bible and that Christ was the head of the church. Who's the head of the church? The state. Adolf Hitler. Only 20% believed that Christ was the head of the church. Bonhoeffer knew If you lose the church, if you lose the ability to preach Christ, if you lose the whole Bible, if you lose Christ as the head of the church, Germany has nothing left. So where does he go? What does he do? Well, the first thing he does is leave. And then he regrets it. I'm going to skip an awful lot of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's life Um, But I want to bring you back to an important part of his life later. And then we're going to take you to von Stauffenberg. And then my new favorite figure from history, Mr. Furtwängler, is that you? Or as my kids like to call him, Fart Wrangler. But that would be childish to point out in such a place like the vault.
So, I mean, this has been a divisive season. I think we can all acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people have said a lot of things Mm -hmm. that maybe they want to take back. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have said things that are really controversial, and we acknowledge mm-hmm. that. We've we've all gone through this together, and, and you know, as a country, I think we have to get past some of this stuff, but not everything. Um, sometimes people make a, a statement that can be seen as so controversial they need to be held a- accountable for it for a very long time, and need to be called out on the carpet. I think for so, it. and at least there needs to be a, a discussion. We hopefully mm-hmm. can have a civilized discussion about this matter, but I'm I'm, I'm concerned about some people that. are so stupid though that. Uh, Civilized conversations aren't possible. Why aren't you They're showing not Jeff, possible. Why aren't you showing Jeffy yet? There we go. There we go. Okay. Um, uh, Everyone's like such as him. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeffy will never be able to talk to. But we do think we can have a productive conversation with Mr. Mm-hmm. Leon Wolf. Leon, of course, uh, is over at theblaze.com. What, uh, I don't know. What's his editor-in-chief or something over at the Blaze? I don't know the positions. Um, uh, Leon, you're with us now? I can't hear you. Are you there? We hear some static, so that might be him. Static? Hello? Leon? Mm. It's good that we test this every day. Yeah, every day we test. Every day we test the phones. Every day. And every time we go to the phones, they <laughs> it doesn't work. work. It's unbelievable. It is absolutely. I mean, it's <laughs> the most incredible thing. Every day we mm-hmm. waste time. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, there he is. There he is. Uh, Hi, Leon. Hi, Leon. How are you, man? Are you, can you hear us? Hello? And, and Leon no, no. cannot hear us. Of course not. Of course not. Because every day we test the phones, and we test them two ways. Can they Correct. hear us, and can we hear them? And do we and react every day, to uh-huh. each other? And we react to each other and make sure they're tested and working. Do we change the system every single day? To, after to, we test. After, after we, we test. test. We rebuild and, the whole thing. And then, so, <laughs> I mean, it's incomprehensible. Leon, can you hear us yet? No. It's not going to happen. <laughs> this is, I just... No, he can't. This is amazing. So... so. Well, you know, we'll just I, do his list. I know, but the, that the whole point was to I talk know, to Leon I about know, his list. I know. I wanted to get his perspective on this. He's a man who is 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 uh, who is I think an intelligent guy. In the control room, there is a button that's not depressed that needs to be depressed. Tell if you what, could you, just press you, you the his phone number to I don't put know that I us have it yet. down his I'll phone him, line. And then, um, I'm Leon. okay, well, let's try one more time. Maybe, and let, let, ask, let me ask the control room. Should we take a break and then come back on the other side and try to get Leon's phone to work? Because we can, we've got plenty to talk about, but we, we, we can't do this segment without mm-hmm. him. Thoughts? Anyone in the control room? Okay, we're gonna, he, they told me to stand by. So stand I'll, by. Hold on. Let's, let's take a break. No, no, let's just stand by. No, stand by, they said. All right, we're standing by. Pat, you want a baby room? <clears throat> okay, we'll take yeah. a break. We'll come back on the other side with hopefully Leon Wolf. Either that or we're going to blow his list without him on the phone. One of the two is going to happen because it's food related. And it's the most important spoon segment ever. I know. And uh, we can't have this. Wolf will be joining us hopefully here in a couple of moments to discuss uh, his list uh, that he tweeted the other day of his favorite chocolate bars. And it's an incomprehensible list, frankly. Uh, it's right? an incomprehensible list. I think it is. And, uh, uh, so we, we have, of course, obviously, as part of the Constitution of this program, if you don't know uh, this, uh, the constitutional 
Uh, Usually the Constitution is violated on this particular issue. However, this time it was not. No, what we say is every time we talk about a particular (laughs) food item, it needs to be here. And it's really the only constitutional item on it. That's the only one we enforce. (laughs) I'll say that. I don't know what else is in there, but we don't really care much about it. Um, So we have all the candies uh, laid out here. And I think what we'll do, uh, if I could here in the control room with with our uh, graphic list of Leon's uh, situation, we'll go through his list and then we'll get him on here to hopefully answer for it. Because... I find it to be one of the most controversial candy lists of all time. Um, and then after this, we'll maybe we'll put our own list together here because okay. there's some interesting ones here that we can talk about. But uh, can we get the uh, the main list from Leon on the board? Uh, we'll start with number six, if we could. Uh, and, you know, again, there are some situations here. Like, for example, these were brought in. And I uh, yeah. have found a, a renewed fondness for the payday bar. I don't know why. The other the kids got it. Oh, you know what it is? Yes. It's a new payday commercial where they show it naked and they blur out. But they blur out the private parts of oh, the payday. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's so funny. Why, why, do, why, do, why do people they blur undress, out private parts? They, uh, yeah, well, I know for you that's incomprehensible. <laughs> but they undress the payday bar. Yeah, that's really and, funny. And then they blur out a little part. <laughs> that's really funny. It's like, it's really funny. Yeah. I haven't seen that. That's really right. funny. That's how, but this is Halloween. not. It, it, yeah. I, I, Halloween, my kids got yep. it. Of course, I stole Me it too. from them. Um, and I was like, wow, I forgot like how much I like these things. They're good. They're the they're salty good. sweet thing, yeah. is, I think of it as a new phenomenon, but, but they do the, it. What was the one they copied, though? There's, there was an original something. There was a, uh, it wasn't Payday. It was something else. That was, it was peanuts and caramel and nougat in it. And it was, hmm. But it wasn't a Payday bar. And I'll think it was because, I mean, look at the payday here for a second. And this is why it does not participate in this list. This is not a chocolate chocolate. bar. There is no chocolate on the payday. Now, if you were to put chocolate on this, you're almost in Snickers territory. Um, But, uh, you know, really what it is, is a it's a peanut bar. Is there nougat inside, though? Or like a creamy filling? There's a white stuff Mm -hmm. in there, isn't there? No, so good about this, Pat. Unlike the Snickers bar, where the chocolate sort of dominates, mm-hmm. you get the saltiness. Yeah. Are you eating the yeah. Sorry, Yes, I forgot. Oh, I was a yes. Yes. Wait, right? No. This is the guy who complains about All us. All the time. Non- I just Can you see the, the list that Leon... Uh, number six. I think Leon is there, too. I think Leon is there. Number six. Hershey's with almonds? All right, no. let's bring Leon on, because he's, I think, with us here. Leon, I'm going to test this again. Hopefully you're with us. He is not he's with not. us. He's not. So, never mind. <laughs> we're not going to get Leon. <laughs> this is, this is uh, that's awesome. That's the last time we're going to try for Leon today. So, we'll this try him another day. Awesome. Okay. Uh, but here's his list. Here's his list. Number six, Hershey's the with almonds. sixth best candy bar of all time, Hershey's with almonds? No. And not candy bar, but chocolate bar. Chocolate uh, bar. I mean, look, this Those. is a patently absurd. This is yes. like, you know mm-hmm. what? Uh, you know who's going to be, uh, you know, uh, a su- Supreme Court justice? Like a guy from a reality show. Like, that, you, <laughs> right. you, you're, you're not even, this right. is a terrible Pee-wee choice. Pee-wee Herman is going to be a Supreme Court Pee-wee justice. Pee-wee is better than that. Yes, and I will say... Glenn is a big fan of Hershey's chocolate. I am too. To me, he it's, is, and I've always told him Nestle's better than Hershey. And I don't really like particularly. But if I, Hershey's I mean, not. I mean, neither one of them are great. They're fine. You know like, what's better I, than both of them? Dove. Chocolate. Dove is very good. Dove but is if good. I'm walking by a candy bowl an and all is left is the Hershey's with almonds, which, by the way, is always the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're always the last one there. <laughs> I hope you're hearing this, Leon, and being tortured that you can't come on to defend yourself. <laughs> but uh, it, the, the, it's always, I'll, I'll, I will eat them. I mean, I'm going to eat them oh, if won't. it's there. I won't even You're eat saying it. If, the, if there's a candy bowl there, the mm-hmm. only candy in there is Hershey's with almonds. You're uh, skipping the candy. Then I pass the candy. up the candy. Wow, that's, that's really, I yeah, mean. Then it's a diet day for me. Yeah, Jeffy has no idea what you're even talking Obviously about. Obviously, that. <laughs> I 
can't imagine ever doing that. No. Okay, so there's okay. a mix here. Here's number five on the best candy bars from Leon Wolf. The baby, I, baby I, Ruth. I don't I even love, like I baby, baby Ruth. Ruth. I, I do not you. like him. Now my belief is baby on the baby Ruth. Uh, if I could grab that one, the baby Ruth here. This is uh, fifth place. The baby Ruth is essentially the payday with chocolate on it. Yeah, I, that's, that's why I like it. I will say mm. it's not as salty. You don't get the saltiness mm-hmm. of the peanuts because it's kind of like beaten out of it. There's no caramel either. Is there no caramel in that one? I don't think so. Not okay. in a baby Ruth. Not in a mm-hmm. baby Ruth. Okay, so but it's pretty similar. It's a similar vibe. The yeah. same nougat is in the payday. Um, I, I baby Ruth. I don't know that I'm putting it in my top six, uh, which Leah did at number five. However, I do. I, it's a good, solid choice to be in the talk of that list for me. I disagree. I, it's not even top ten. It's not even top twenty for me. Twenty. A baby 20. Ruth is not in my top twenty. Mm. No. no. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, uh, number four. Number four. From Leon is, is, of course, the very the famous Kit Kat. Yeah. Now the Kit Kat is something. Kit Kats I like a lot. I do too. I would say most people are putting Kit Kats on this list. Yes. And I understand that. I understand Kit the play. Kit Kats belong. The wafer chocolate. Uh, I will say it would not be on my list. It's, it, you know, uh, again. So to you, they're my baby Ruth. Or they're yeah, your baby Ruth. Kind of, yeah. Like, I, the idea you're, you know, the wafer thing is like, it just feels like wasted space. It's like they got lazy and they just threw in some of these really <laughs> light wafers somewhere. Yes, it's, it's essentially crispy chocolate. But, I mean, the wafer itself doesn't have all that much flavor. If mm-hmm. you're going to pick out, if you pick, took a wa- uh, the Kit Kat wafer out of the Kit Kat and got rid of the chocolate, what do you got left? You got bread. It's essentially just, it's just crispy bread. bread. You have toast. It's chocolate-covered <laughs> toast. Now, chocolate-covered uh, toast is delicious, mm. but uh, it's I've not going to be... I've never had chocolate-covered toast. <laughs> I've either, but why? Because to me, that is not what a Kit Kat is all about. Well, I'll say number it one. It is not chocolate-covered toast. I will say number one. Number one. I'm, I'm, exaggerating I'm exaggerating a little bit, a little bit undoubtedly. undoubtedly. Secondly, of course... Secondly, of course, Hello? you're still trying to get this done. Yes. Leon. Oh, wait, is Leon, uh, Leon? there? Hello? Yes, he Hello? can hear us, of course. I hear you, Jerk. Oh, my I God! I hear you, Jerk, talking All about right. me. Wow, Leon, like 15 minutes. We tried to, uh, to book George W. Bush, and it was easier to do than that. <laughs> so uh, thank you so well, much for coming on. That way, now you understand our relative importance. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you have, you have a list. We've already beaten you up on Hershey's with Almonds. Um, which I, to me is literally the last thing left in the candy dish. Uh, how does Hershey's with almonds make a top candy list? Oh, you got to be kidding me! Hershey's no. with almonds is a classic. No, listen. No. The, the regular Hershey's with the squares is terrible. With the almonds, um, just a fantastic candy bar. How could you no. not include that? Well, I mean, it's very how boring. Could you not it's Hershey's awful. With almonds? Huh? It's, it's boring. boring. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like almonds. No, it's good. Yeah. It's just boring. And, and, so, I'll, and I'll say this, well, Leon. Like, if you're gonna pick a chocolate bar. Is Hershey's with almond? I mean, you know, it's just boring chocolate. Uh-huh. It doesn't have any of the fancy accoutrements of some of the other things. Why not go a little bit more upscale? Uh, well, listen, uh, you don't always have to just destroy a candy bar with all the fancy accoutrements. In fact, some of the worst candy bars are candy bars that were way over. Like the Zero Bar mm. has so many different kinds of things in it. They just clearly just threw a bunch of crap together without any real thought. Look, it's solid. It's it's milk chocolate. It's almonds. It's hard to go. It's basically a brownie, but it's in a candy bar. How can you? Well, brownies are walnuts, but still, how can you go wrong with that? Mm. I mean, I, I, again, I, as I said, if it's there, I'm going to eat it, but I'm never going to make it my first choice or, or even my sixth choice. But then we went on to Baby Ruth, which I'm kind of with you on. I like Baby Ruth. I think it's in conversation for the top six. I'm not sure it would be in there. Uh, Pat, not a fan. No. And I kind of feel I the like same Baby way. Ruth. We reversed that on Kit Kats is where we are in the conversation I now. I actually like Baby Ruth. And that's your first pick, uh, Leon, that I even come or close Kit- to Kit agreeing Kats. with. Kit Kats are really good. 
at number yeah, four. I think that's a solid well, choice. Well, here's here's why I love the Kit Kat so much. I was right. a huge sucker back in the day for the uh, for the wafer candies. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Those yep. cookies that yeah. had that came in the package with the vanilla and the yeah. strawberry oh, and the yeah. chocolate. And you I would eat them. an entire package just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And Kit Kat is basically you took one of those and covered it with chocolate. Yes. Again. It's difficult to go wrong with that. The other thing that's great about a Kit Kat is sometimes you don't want an entire candy bar. I mean, that doesn't apply to me, but sometimes <laughs> some people don't want that's an entire hilarious. candy bar. And, wait, you're not going to try to sell Kit me on Kat the fact that... the only that it... one that you can wrap up really easily and save for later. Oh, are, wait, are you trying to sell me on the, uh, as a positive the fact that they break them into little pieces? Save it for later? I mean, who's <laughs> saving a Kit Kat? That's never occurred. It's never occurred, Leon. I thought you were a guy about facts. All right. Uh, okay. Well, you know, listen, I, I'm led to believe that sometimes women consume candy bars, and I believe that this is a plus for them. So mm, this is not right. a list just for me. That is this a plus a list for, for all, all right. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> you're, you're a uniter, uh, Leah. And at number three, you have the... Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yes. Reese's, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate bar? I mean, I, you know, you, yeah, is. you got in a little battle. I think part of this on Twitter was a little battle about you d- saying this is a chocolate bar. When it is questionable, I think. Uh, given its so shape, listen, I, I get that. It's yeah, it's technically not a bar. And if you want, if you want to argue and say, look, it's not a it's bar, a then it, you can substitute the take five, which is basically the same thing in bar form. Mm. But I oh, will say, and a, a really good I, choice, a really good bar too. That is an underrated choice. The take five. Oh, love the take five. Yep. And most people have never even heard of a take five. True. But if you haven't, do yourself a favor. Go get a take five today. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's a life changing t- experience. Now this is wait, wait the take five is the pretzel one right we have a take five here no that's you're different. thinking of the other there's another Reese's bar I know what you're talking about it's not called because the take five is a uh, a black really? package with the uh, we have one right here oh of, yeah of the uh, with no the I thought the take five was the one that came in the orange it's like a Reese's that's what I thought like too bar. I know the one you're thinking of and I can't I, I I would have thought it was a take five too but we have a take five right here hmm. um, but yes there is one and that one maybe has they've nougat changed them. That one has chocolate uh, peanut butter, the same peanut butter from Reese's, and then also the nougat. And a little nougat. Oh, it's a, that's okay. a damn, and a little nougat. Delicious. Damn good bar. Damn I will delicious. say that the, that the bar form has is a little too salty for my taste. Like, the peanut butter cup, and this is why I include it, is because it has the exact right amount of salt in that peanut butter. Yes. The, the right ratio of chocolate to peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And, and the bar has a little bit more peanut butter, and the, the extra salt, I think, takes a light. You want a little, but not quite as much as, as is included in that bar. You know, Leon, the Reese's Cup may be one of the most uh, perfect creations ever conceived by man. It, really? it, it is, uh, it's, it's definitely... It's definitely top three. It's like the right. I mean, it's, no like, it's the right mix of conservatism and libertarianism. Like it's that <laughs> yes. perfect candidate. It really <laughs> is. And I will say, even to the point of when they change the size of it, they lose that mix. Mm-hmm. The, the really gi- the gigantic cups, or even like the little bite-sized cups, are not as good as yeah. the perfectly I won't sized eat the bite normal size. cup. I will not do it. Correct. Because the ratio is wrong. <laughs> Wow, I that's, won't that's eat them. a strong Correct. stance. <laughs> Same thing with the peanut butter eggs. Too much peanut butter, not enough chocolate. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, uh, you know, all right. So let's go to number two on the list. Number two. Leon Wolf goes to Butterfinger here. So we've got two. Butterfinger. This is a really controversy, good. But let me tell you why. I why have is the there controversy? So high. Yeah, okay. No, well, that, because some people. That belongs. And here's what I think is happening to some people. If mm-hmm. you store a Butterfinger. <laughs> It, it, and this is everybody's laughing already. I can hear it. If you store a butterfinger at the wrong temperature, it it that kind of mm-hmm. crunchy, mm-hmm. flaky texture that's so that on the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It gets it gets like uh, crystallized. The sugar gets all wrong and okay. it becomes sticky. And I've had mm-hmm. butterfingers that are bad. Because mm-hmm. there's a, yes. yeah, so a sticky quality to, to your teeth. I was just thinking about this the other day. You're eating one right now, currently. If yes, I am. Mm. If you get a butterfinger that's fresh, yeah, it is one of the most delicious things you can possibly eat. If it's slightly stale, it's nasty. Mm. It completely, yeah, completely goes wrong. You're right about the butterfinger thing. There has to be a uh, the, there has to be it's a perfect also, condition for it. It's also the only candy bar that's messy, which yeah, it, it does, does sort of flake off a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, and let's go to number one. Number one. Uh, this is not a huge surprise. I I, I would tend to I like this pick. Uh, number one is going to be uh, Snickers. Snickers. Yeah. Why Snickers? Though? The Snickers. Snickers. Almost nobody. You're right. This is a very controversial <laughs> list, and I wow. should say, this is this is this is a true story. By the way. I have I have a law degree from Vanderbilt. I have seven years as a practicing attorney. I've been on the radio probably over a hundred times now. Mm-hmm. Never once have I been on about a legal issue. Nobody's ever <laughs> had me come on and say, "Would you discuss this legal issue?" <laughs> this is the third time I've been on. Third time I've been on the radio to discuss a list about food that I've posted on Twitter. So <laughs> this is by far the biggest controversy of any of them. But no, almost nobody argues with Snickers because even if it's not your number one, it's in your top three for pretty much everybody. It's got yeah. like the perfect balance yes, of it does. chocolate, peanuts, caramel, nougat. Yeah. And, and I would say yeah. about the Baby Ruth, it's the same exact bar. It's just rearranged differently mm-hmm. and a little more nougat than, than what you want. Not as the messy. Snickers has that perfectly. Not as messy as the baby Ruth either. I, I noticed, uh, and, and, and we have about 30 seconds here, Leon. I noticed no um, no Milky Way. Uh, Pat's a huge Milky Way fan. Right. I like Milky Way. I mean, Milky Way, yeah. uh, what an egregious oversight. That is Milky Way is nearly the worst candy bar that's ever what? been invented. Oh, it, my God. Yeah, All right, hang up on him. <laughs> hang up on him right now. Why? Milky Way here's, here's what a Milky Way is. Here's what a Milky Way is. They took a Three Musketeers bar, which is bad. It doesn't taste good. And they what? added caramel to it and somehow made it worse. That's what a Milky Way bar is. <laughs> How is this man still out there? Crazy. I will say, too, I, I noticed a somewhat anti-caramel uh, bias in your right. list. And that, like, yes, Snickers has it, but the Baby Ruth is essentially a Snickers mm-hmm. bar kind of without a lot of caramel. And then nothing mm-hmm. else in the list has it. I mean, I think that might be your blind spot. We'll talk more about it later, Leon. We are out right. of time. Very controversial, um, though. But, uh, All right. but uh, people follow Leon on Twitter for important legal issues occasionally <laughs> or whatever. And then also important candy lists. <laughs> Take it as a <laughs> minute.